coming up on today's episode, the Miami Dolphins are 2-0 and to start the season. How about it? How about that damn win? My God, what a win for the Miami Dolphins. We got a lot to talk about. Listen, I made the trip to go to Baltimore and watch this game in person, and I'm going to tell you right now, it was an experience of a lifetime. Like, I still can't believe that I just witnessed the best Dolphins game that I have seen as a fan on TV and definitely in person. Like, I've been to some, you know, playoff losses against Pittsburgh, and let's just leave it at that. But hey, listen, what a game. What a performance. Mike McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, and QB1 Tua showing that he has some balls and delivering. Listen, we got a lot to talk about. This is going to be a fun-ass podcast. We're going to be recapping the game about Baltimore, giving you guys my takeaways, everything. We're talking Tua, we're talking Coach McDaniel, the whole nine yards, and then we're going to shift things on over, talk about the Buffalo Bills game this weekend at Hard Rock Stadium. What are the keys to victory? What am I expecting to see? What do I want to see? A lot to talk about, man. And then after that, my week three best bets and predictions like you always have here. We got a lot to talk about. Dolphins 2-0. and All that coming up on the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. First and foremost, I want to start off by telling you guys that the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MIAMI at manscaped.com. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade, to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, guys. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. That's right. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on that bathroom floor. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MIAMI at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Miami, M-I-A-M-I. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Welcome to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. Welcome to week three of the NFL season. Welcome to your Miami Dolphins being 2-0. and 2-0 to start the year? Hey, man. Listen, the vibes right now are insane. The vibes right now are great. From top to bottom, I mean, like, this feeling right now that you have still following what you just saw on Sunday, following what I just saw on Sunday, is unfreaking believable It's unmatched. Like, when do the Dolphins win a game like that? When do the Dolphins have good luck on their side? When do the Dolphins have a quarterback that can deliver six touchdowns and five in the second half? When do the Dolphins have a coach that's going to believe in the quarterback to go out there and be him? I mean, what a damn time. What a damn time. What a damn win. I mean, I'm still in shock. I mean, the Miami Dolphins literally Winning that game on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, 42-38. to I'm still freaking excited. We got a lot to talk about right here. Where do we start? You got to start with the man himself. We got to start with quarterback Tua T. I mean, my goodness, listen to me. Tua showed me something that I can't even explain, man. I mean, this performance by Tua following that bad first half. I mean, the first half was bad. Like, I'm sorry to say, listen. I went on his ass. I was talking a lot of shit. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I will take that. I will own that. What I saw out there, by the way, I was at the game. I went to Baltimore. I drove up there. Had a great freaking time, by the way. I mean, I will talk about that experience in a little bit. But what I saw from Tua in that first half, I'm telling you, it was a lot of, eh, you know, 
punting, turning the ball over twice, two interceptions. That first interception, though, listen, I know the ball was right there. Tyreek Hill probably should have made that play. So I'm not, I wasn't too pissed off about that one. But that second interception, along with just the way this offense was not getting anything going, like Jalen Waddle was getting it going. I mean, Jalen Waddle was, he had that switch flip like from the jump. But listen, the fact of the matter is that second interception by Tua, like, what are you doing? Like, Jalen Waddle was not looking his way. I mean, he was double covered. There was no, you know, you watch that replay and watching it live was like, no, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? At the end of the day, I ain't gonna lie. I really thought like, wow, like, Tua is probably not gonna be this guy. I mean, the fact that you're just making those type of mistakes in a game that, you know, possessions are really important. I mean, at this point, we're really down in this game. We're trying to find some rhythm here, trying to get some momentum going into halftime. And the truth is, he, he played, like, terrible. Like, Mac Jones. He played like Mac Jones in the first half. And anybody who can tell you otherwise is lying to you. It was a bad first half. So I got on his ass because, hey, I call it like I see it. But, man, did he flip that switch in the second half and delivered. And I'm freaking glad that he did. Honestly, he had a very bad first half and had an amazing second half. And that put a stamp on the way I feel about him and the way uh, so many Dolphin fans feel about him. I mean, that performance by Tua with adversity, throwing two interceptions in the first half and having a bad, bad first half, to flip a switch and turn up and deliver the way he did. I mean, that showed a lot, man. That showed a lot about his character. That showed a lot about how he's able to handle adversity. That showed a lot about his confidence. And that showed a lot about Coach Mike McDaniel. I mean, Coach Mike McDaniel putting Tua in this position, like, that's big time, man. Flores ain't doing that. Hey, Flores is not doing that. I mean, there was one point in time in the second half where I believe we got the ball and we were close. We had, like, 90 yards left to go. So we were all the way backed up, like, around the 10-yard line. And I think it was a turnover we got. And usually I said, you know, I, when I was there, I was saying, all right, if they run the ball three times to try to prevent the safety and just punt, this coach doesn't believe in them. Because that's what we're used to, right? That's what Flores would have probably did. But even backed up all the way back there, Mike McDaniel still gave two of the keys and said, go bring it for us. That right there showed me a lot of Mike McDaniel his trust into her and just as a fan just like wow like this guy's giving him the keys like go out there believe in yourself show us your him and deliver and Tua freaking did man a lot of moving parts come into it of course Tyreek Hill's big plays I mean Tyreek Hill is going down with cramps comes back on the field delivers two huge touchdowns picks that defense apart Jalen Waddle does his thing I mean everything you gotta be like together you know Raheem Moster he was big time Chase Edmonds popping off a couple big runs here and there. They didn't have a great, great game, but he did. I mean, he got loose. It was all collective effort, but it starts with that guy right in the middle. Number one, Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, the guy deserves all the credit in the world, man. He was big time. I mean, the fact that you were able to do that with adversity, you cannot sleep on that. Honestly, real talk, this man, what he deserved today is basically nobody to doubt him. Throughout this entire season, if we're down in the first half, if we're down after a couple quarters, like Tua has deserved the right to just, we as a fan base and people who are so high and, and you know, in evaluating him, he basically just said, yo, let me just have my season. Let me go through my progressions. Let me get better. Let me deliver. Let me learn from my mistakes. And, I, and that's what he honestly deserved, which is what he always should have deserved. But we know we live in a day and age where, where we're pinpointing. And sometimes I could be, you know, I'm, I'm like that as well. But what he did is basically stamp himself like, yo, the least y'all could do for me is let me go through this year three and then judge me after year three. Let me go through the entire season. And, and hey, he's got that from me. What he just did on Sunday. I can't sit here and, and ever say that he ain't it. Like, I got to go. I got to see this entire season. This was unbelievable. I still can't believe what I saw. I was at this game, shocked out of my mind, on the whole way back home, driving three hours. I still couldn't believe. Like, I really just, did I really just see that? Like, did that really just happen? I had to come back home, 
rewatched that entire game because I still couldn't believe it. And even rewatching the game, I still couldn't believe what I saw. But I mean, hey, it's hard not to talk about Tua. So I know I'm going on a lot about Tua, but he deserves the credit, man. I mean, this guy's had so much adversity by not only, you know, the games that he's played, the coaches and all that, but also from the fan base. You know, it's a lot of pressure on him. And the fact that he was just able to do what he did, man. I mean, listen, you can say, yeah, you know, but Tyreek Hill wins that game, you know, because Tyreek Hill came back and Tyreek Hill's so explosive and he got open. Like, listen, that ball's got to get there. Tyreek Hill can break all these coverages apart. He can pick apart the defense. He can be wide open. But that ball's got to get there. Somebody's got to throw that ball right in the breadbasket. And Tua stepped up and delivered. He delivered on third downs. I mean, time after time. How many third downs did we have? Did we have seven for 11. I think all of those were passing. All those conversions on third down were passing. How about the fourth down efficiency? Two for two from this team. Yo, Coach Mike McDaniel, two for two on fourth down. Remember week one, he was going for it on fourth down too? Yo, this dude, (laughs) yo, this dude got some balls, man. This dude is a different character, man. I I love to see just what we did and just not about what we did. It's just how we did it. It's It's not just the Miami Dolphins went out there to Baltimore in a hostile environment, and won that game. No, no, no. It's the way we won it. It's the way this team responded to adversity. It's the way Tua responded to it. It's the way Tua delivered those passes right in the breadbasket for Tyreek Hill. It's the way Tyreek Hill comes back from being out with cramps to come back in that game, even though you're down about 21 points in the fourth quarter, to just lead by example, show everybody, don't give up, don't quit. It's Jalen Waddle with 19 targets, hauling in 11, scoring two touchdowns, over 170 yards. It's all of that. It's the run game, staying disciplined. It's the offensive line after some shaky, you know, a little bit of shakiness there, still coming together. And they gave Tua time when it was most important. Tua was able to read his plays, read the receivers, see what he's got downfield. Credit to the offensive line. Credit to the coaching staff. Everybody deserves credit. How about Xavier Howard almost getting that pick six? When I saw that and he dropped that pick six, I was like, damn, that was our opportunity right there. No way. Like, that was the opportunity we had to tie this game. And the fact that we didn't capitalize on that and we should have, that's going to be the play we look at. Like, damn, we could have had this. But what happened? Under pressure, this team delivered again. So it's just like the mindset and, and, and everything. Like, I'm just like... This is a Dolphins team that we're seeing doing this? Yo, this is like, listen, all these people, all these non-Dolphin fans are going to try to poo-poo this and say, oh, the Dolphins are hyped after a big win. Or the naysayers will say, hey, they still gave up 38 points. And yeah, that's true. But it's hard not to get excited, right? You got to get excited. Like what we just saw, what I just saw in Baltimore was the damn best game I've ever witnessed in my entire life being live. Like, that was the best game I've ever seen. I mean, it's hard to top that. For that to be topped, like, I got to go to a playoff win or something. I don't even think if that. I mean, yo, the silence you heard in that stadium. (laughs) The silence you heard in that stadium. As everything was going down, man, it's like the life got sucked out of them. And it's crazy because right before that fourth quarter started, they played like enter Sandman. These people are waving their flags like, yeah, you know, go Ravens, go Ravens. <laughs> Man, once that Tyreek Hill touchdown happened, that first one, they were like, oh, snap. Then that second one happened. And that's when you knew. That's when they knew. Oh, we might lose this game. Yeah. And you sure did. Yeah, you sure did. I mean, I was just talking my smack to a couple of Baltimore fans over there, just chucking up the deuce. I was chucking up the deuce right after that Tyreek touchdown, that second one when he did it, man. I was just so excited, man. And just to feel that, just to feel the energy get sucked out of a stadium that was just talking so much smack throughout the whole game. They were so confident, so hyped up. And to be on the road and just rip that, it's just like such a good damn feeling. And shout out to the Dolphin fans that were in attendance. There was a lot of us there. I mean, they was holding it down. Like we, it was, it was insane. That feeling, it's just, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I'm still in shock. I'm, re- I'm recording this now and I'm still in shock. But I know we talked a lot about Tua. We talked a lot about the third down efficiency, the fourth down efficiency. Tyreek Hill, though, got to give that man his credit. I mean, 11 catches for 190 yards and two touchdowns. Dude is big time. This guy 
had about, I think it was like 48 yards in the half, not too much in the first half, but man, did he get going in that second half. Delivering those two big plays, those two big touchdowns, including a 60-yard touchdown. After having cramps, like I said earlier, this is why you pay Tyreek Hill. This is why you trade all those draft picks. This is why. And you can tell, like, once he got that touchdown, he started getting loose for a couple other big plays, you know, cutting back, going around. Like, he started to get that swagger and that feel back. And, you know, when Tyreek Hill gets that confidence and that swagger, there's no stopping him. Like, it really looked like Tyreek Hill knew. Like, he knew that momentum switch. He felt that momentum switch, and he delivered. Jalen Waddle, my man, 19 targets, 11 catches, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. He was hot from the start. Jalen Waddle was the guy that gave us a little bit of the hope that we had in the first half. Jalen Waddle was on a mission, and I love to see that. A lot of people were concerned, including myself, after the first game where you saw Jalen Waddle, I believe he got five targets and Tyreek Hill had 12. And it's like, damn, so are we, is like Waddle not going to be heavily targeted like last season? That's what I thought. Dude had 19 targets. 19 targets on Sunday. This duo right here, the fastest duo in a wide receiving group in the NFL, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, who the hell is messing with them? Who? Who is messing with those two people? Let me know. What better core is there what better duo is there in the nfl like i'm taking these dudes over everybody like i'm not even just being biased like the things that these guys can do with speed look at i mean tyreek hill leads by example he's a super bowl champion he's got the speed he's got the confidence he's got that swagger that aura that just rubs off on everybody and he's got leadership skills man leadership skills him coming back with cramps delivering leadership that's why you pay a guy. That's why you give up those draft picks. And then Jalen Waddle. This is his second year in the league. Second year. Dude, he's two games into his second year. So he, it's not, oh, you know, this is second year. He's played two years. No, no, no. The dude's basic, basically played one year. And he's doing this against this Baltimore Ravens defense, this physical defense, this... You know, the Ravens are the Debo, right, from Friday. They just punked the Dolphins from a physicality standpoint. I've said it myself. I, hey, I've said it myself. But, man, that's what I'm talking about. This team that's supposed to be more physical than us, that's supposed to punk us, we have now beat them two times in a row, last year and this year. Yo, things are changing right before our eyes, and I love it, man. I love it. Raheem Mostert. Listen, give that man his credit, man. The stats are not too crazy, but 11 carries for 51 yards, that's big time. That's big time. We needed this running game to get going to open up for the passing game, and it sure did. You got to give him credit. You got to give him credit. Had an 11-yard run in there, and I really like a lot of the pop that Raheem Moster had. He, I thought he was very, very, very crucial. Also, catching three catches for 28 yards as well. Come on now. On three targets. Come on now. Mike McDaniel is deep in his bag. <laughs> He's deep in his bag. Chase Edmonds also five, five carries for 33 yards. Listen, 33 yards and five carries, including that big 28-yard run in the fourth quarter to deliver the game-winning touchdown. Listen, you can argue, do we even get there without that Chase Edmonds run? Hey, shout-out to Chase Edmonds. The run game was not good for him besides that one play, but he came through when it mattered most. The man deserves his credit for that. I mean, hey, he also had one catch for eight yards, so not a great game. But the fact that you delivered in that moment when we needed it, he deserves the credit. The run game got going. 86 yards rushing in total. I will take that. I will take that on 18 carries. I'll take it. Listen, I want it better, but honestly, you got to understand, we were down most of this game. We were down from the jump. I mean, facing adversity from the beginning of the game. So when you're down, you can't be running the ball so, so much. But hey, collective team effort on this offense. Now, Mike Kosicki, four catches for 41 yards. That catch by him was big time. I mean, the fact that he stood inbound and caught that ball, big time. Big-time play from Mike Kosicki, a guy who has faced adversity throughout the entire offseason, throughout training camp, throughout week one, from this whole fan base and the coaches that, you know, Kosicki can't block, Kosicki can't this, you know, the trade rumors, this and that. Uh, listen, he, he still can block, okay? But what I'm saying is, Mike Kosicki, 
facing adversity, not letting it get to him. Being out there, being available on Sunday and catching four catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. My man, you deserve the credit. Shout out Mike Gesicki, man. Shout out Mike Gesicki. This whole entire offense has shown me so much after this performance Sunday. Like, I, I still, I'm in shock. Now, the defense, I didn't like what I saw from the defense. You know, I, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just going to call it like I see it. I don't want to go on a negative spiral here. I think we should stay positive because our team is 2-0 and at the end of the day. But just quick little things. Oh, the defense has to clean some stuff up. I did not like what I saw out there. I mean, listen, we gave up 38 points. First of all, special teams, you cannot let that happen to begin a game. I mean, letting somebody go ahead and score a touchdown to begin the game on the road for their home opener, you got that crowd going early. We don't want to do that. And I expect that team to clean it up. I expect our team to clean it up. Lamar Jackson, 119 yards rushing. Like, we're giving up 119 yards rushing. I mean, at the end of the day, he did have a 79-yard run in there. But still, you, don't, you can't do that. Like, you can't do that, okay? And even the 79-yard run, like, if you already gave up a huge play in special teams, you can't just give up a huge play from a quarterback. Like, a quarterback should not be able to score a 79-yard touchdown run against you. I don't care who he is. I don't care how fast he is. You can't do that. So I'm getting on the defense. Like, you, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that at all. So these guys who were already down, you know, their main running back in J.K. Dobbins. They were down their second running back in Gus Edwards, and you're still giving up 155 yards rushing. Like, you got to clean that up. That's just is what it is. Lamar Jackson, 318 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Come on. Not good. Not good. Lamar Jackson is not supposed to be a guy that's out here getting 300 yards. I'm sorry. I thought the defense also played a little bit back. That allowed these guys to get wiggle room. Uh, for example, Rashad Bateman, four receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. I thought we were giving him too much, too much room to get going and get his speed involved in there. I didn't like that. Mark Andrews, nine catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. We cannot stop Mark Andrews. That's, that's a little bit of a problem. You got to clean that up. Remember, next week, we're going against a Buffalo Bills team, a Buffalo Bills team that is hungry, a Buffalo Bills team that is very, very, very good. All right? Well-disciplined. They know how to play. They can hit you from a running quarterback perspective. They can hit you with their tight ends. They can hit you with their wide receivers. Those things we're going to have to clean up if we're going to expect to play at home and beat Buffalo. We're going to have to clean those things up. Like That's just the fact of the matter is. So still, the defense does get some credit. First of all, two fourth down stops, including my most important one. With about nine minutes remaining, I think we're up. It's uh, 38-21. Nine minutes, fourth and one around the 39-yard line. Instead of going for a field goal with Justin Tucker, which I, I think would have been the smart decision from a Ravens standpoint, that would have put him up three possessions with nine minutes to go. They opt to go for it on fourth and one. Lamar gets stopped, and that gives us the ball, and that's when the whole thing shifted from there. The rest is history. But shout-out to the defense, though. Getting that fourth down stop and getting another fourth down stop. So two fourth down stops. They were only The Ravens were one for three on fourth down efficiency. And they were also 3-for-10 on third-down efficiency. So the defense did hold it down from third-down and fourth-down, which I love to see that. Love to see that, absolutely. They get the credit for that. But those other things, I expect those things to be cleaned up. But on to Buffalo. Buffalo coming to our house. We're 2-0. and We've been getting smacked by Buffalo all these years. This is exactly how you want to go into this Buffalo Bills game. From a fan standpoint... From a team standpoint, from a quarterback standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, like, yo, the Dolphins haven't played their best games, and they're 2-0. and Hey, it's a new damn era, it looks like. We got a quarterback that got some balls, quarterback that's delivering, quarterback that has shown all of us to just shut up and watch me ball, and we got a damn coach that's out here believing in his quarterback dialing it up preaching when adversity hits that's an opportunity yo we're in good hands we're in good hands miami dolphins two and oh to start the season going into week three against their division rival in the buffalo bills this is going to be a damn good one but listen enjoy this win enjoy it throughout this week i mean this is a big big win keep celebrating we don't got to stress out until sunday so enjoy it for the rest of the week new era is here Fins 
up, baby. All right, so with all that being said, before we go ahead and just flip the page onto Buffalo, there were some important things that I got about this press conference that I want to share from you guys. So after the game, I was watching the press conferences, and there was a lot of clips that I want to share with you guys about Tua, about Coach Mike McDaniel, about Tyreek Hill, because how can you not just get so damn excited that you just want to hear the damn post-game interviews? I mean, that's, that's how I felt. So I want to share a couple of clips in summary just to let you guys know, fill you in on a couple things that I thought were uh, worth sharing on the podcast. And the first one comes from QB1. QB1 Tua was asked, what does it feel like to see this offense do what they just did? And here's what Tua had to say about that. It feels good. Um, you know, I, I think you look at the first half, <clears throat> we, we couldn't, we couldn't stick to, to our rhythm. Um, you know, for, for me, I, I wanted some, I wanted big plays and big plays now. Um, and so really second half, we, we came in and, and played the way, way we wanted to. That's what I'd say about that. So there you go. Tua always taking the high road, never giving himself too much credit. That's just the way he is. That's the way our quarterback is. I mean, that's just the type of approach that he always seems to have with these. But I definitely thought it was worth sharing. And there's also another clip where somebody actually asked him, like, you know, why are you so calm? Like, you just had a crazy game. Why are you so calm about it? Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would say I processed what we did out there. That's, that's a big win. That's tough to come into a hostile environment like this and, and beat a really good team. Um, you know, we'll, we'll go enjoy it on the plane. And then when we get home, um, so, yeah. So there you have it. See, just a lot of times he downplays a lot of these things, but there's no way in hell that Tua is not freaking damn excited. But, hey, that's what you want your leader to do, right? You want your leader to understand, like, hey, this is a big win, but obviously, like, my job is not done yet. And I think that's very important for Dolphin fans as well. Like, yeah, Tua had a big game. Yeah, Tua delivered. Yeah, Tua had an amazing performance. But let's not stamp him as, you know, Tua's the MVP of this league. Tua's going to bring us a Super Bowl. Tua's the top whatever quarterback. Yeah, we made the right pick. Like, this guy is the guy. Like, no, I think it's very important for Tua to keep this humble mindset that he's been showing. And I think the Dolphin fans need to do so as well because, hey, listen, it's something that we need to see more of. I mean, do you want your quarterback to throw six touchdowns a game over 450 yards? No, that's unrealistic. But to just have games where he's able to deliver, have games where he's able to face adversity and overcome adversity. Have games like this. Like, that's what I mean by stacking up these performance. And I think Tua has all the tools to be able to do so, honestly. Like, in all honesty, I think he does. And that's one thing that I love to see uh, about Tua. It's just that approach, that humble approach. Like, there's also some fans throughout Sunday. You know, when I got on Tua's ass and was saying, you know, Tua had a crappy first half. And I think he did. Like, there's no way nobody can tell me otherwise. Credit to him. He bounced back and had a great second half. Like, you absolutely give credit for that. Just because he had a bad first half and a great second half doesn't mean that the first half didn't exist. He did what he was supposed to do and delivered. He did his thing. So Tua definitely does get his credit, and that's okay. At the end of the day, like, you know, I see so many people clapping back at each other on Twitter, but why does it have to be, like, people trying to one-up somebody? Like, why does it have to be, Oh, yeah, but you said Tua sucked in the first half. Like, he did, man. <laughs> like, he did. Like, you got to call it, like, how you see it, man. That's just being realistic. You know, at the end of the day, like, we're all Dolphin fans, man. We all want the Dolphins to have a W on the win column. We want to see the Dolphins win at the end of the day. It doesn't matter who it is or why it is. Just get the wins. Of I mean, it shouldn't be, hey, you know, so-and-so back then talked shit about Tua. You can't root for the Dolphins. Like, what is that, man? Like, can this fan base just come together? The main thing is we're Dolphin fans. The main thing, that's the main thing. Like, we want wins. We're Dolphin fans. All right? Like, just come together. I'm speaking for a lot of the things I've seen, honestly. Like, it's just, some of this stuff gets ridiculous. So, I, I, gotta, I gotta call it out. But let's, let's shift things on over. Uh, that was quarterback to attack Tagovailoa talking about the game. And the next guy I want to share with you guys is this freaking coach. I mean, listen, Mike McDaniel needs all the credit in the world for the way he calls the games, the way he delivers confidence to these players, the way he doesn't give up, the way he's ballsy going for it on fourth down, the way he's giving two of the keys to go out there and show us why he's him. 
not just, you know, do all these weird runs that and basically give up on this entire offense, a.k.a. Flores. Ring any bell on that? Yep. A <laughs> couple of instances when I was at that game, I was like, man, would Coach Flores do that? Hell no. Hell no. But let's talk about Mike McDaniel here. Let me share this clip with you here. Um, this is Mike McDaniel when he was asked, what does this mean for Tua and his confidence? And I thought this was a very, very, very important answer that you guys should all hear. No, uh, now maybe Tua will finally listen to me. And what I mean by that is, like, I've said it to you guys before, but, like, it's awesome to be critical of yourself. It is good. You know, he, he, he has a high standard for himself. Um, but, you know, just after the first game, I just wanted to see the guy enjoy playing football and understand that, yes, you want to make the perfect read and the perfect throw every time. But who cares if you just get better at one thing a game, you're going to be pretty good at the end of the season. So let's let's just press forward. Well, the absolute worst thing could have happened um, at the beginning of the game for him where he, you know, we get a contested ball. It's not really his fault. I know Tyreek will um, say he should catch that, um, the, the first interception. And then he starts pressing and throws it up for a second interception. So you would want to talk about um, everything we talk about and how coachable the guy is. And, I mean, this is huge because he stopped worrying about the last play. And he went and played and took his responsibility serious to his teammates about, hey, I'm, I'm going to lead this team confidently. It is what you get into sports for. It is as cool for the coaching staff and him. Like, that, that's, it, it was coming to life. I think it was a moment that he'll never forget that hopefully he can use moving forward because we didn't have the strongest. We basically had to play perfect complementary football to come back from a deficit like that against a really good team. Um, so I uh, couldn't be happier for him. And, and his teammates learned a lot about him, and I think he learned something about himself. Right there. Right there. I mean, excellent. Excellent answer. Good perspective there. I mean, Tua learned something about himself this past Sunday. And that's a big time because that first half, Coach Mike McDaniel talked about it. I talked about it earlier on this pod. That first interception, Tyreek Hill should have had the ball. And right, it was a batted ball. Bad luck was on our side. But that second interception, that's the one that drove me crazy, right? Because he, it's like he was just pressing. Like he was just trying to make a play when, you know, Waddle wasn't even open. Waddle wasn't even looking at him. Like, what are you doing? Those boneheaded mistakes that kind of drew me over the top in that first half. It's nice to see Mike McDaniel kind of acknowledge that. And he basically said that that's the reason that Tua is, when he makes a mistake, he's trying to go ahead and fix that mistake. And that, that's a little bit of a problem, but at least that Tua is able to learn about that, like learn how to not do those type of things and just learn from his mistakes. And that's what Mike McDaniel is basically saying. Like the teammates, the way he responded to all of that and just letting everything come, like let everything come to you. It's a long game of football, trusting your coaches, trusting yourself. And when he just plays his game, which it looked like what Mike McDaniel's saying, like Tua played his game in the second half, not trying to fix any wrongs, just play your game. That's what he talks about when Tua, like that confidence, he learned something about himself. So I thought that was a awesome freaking answer and an awesome perspective about Mike McDaniel talking about Tua. Another part of this clip here, this was funny, man. They asked Coach Mike McDaniel, were you surprised about Tyreek Hill coming back in following those cramps? And uh, here's what Mike McDaniel had to say about that. Were you surprised when Tyreek came back in? No, I'm never surprised with anything, Tyreek. He, um, by the way, he came out with a cramp, I think. He was still running fast. He's, uh, he's crazy. <laughs> I had to share that in there, man. <laughs> he said, he, no, he's never surprised by anything, Tyreek. I mean, he had a cramp, and he was still out there just running crazy. I mean, that's just, it's unbelievable, though. It really is. Like, this dude has cramps, right? has 48 yards before coming out this game, <laughs> comes back in and just scores two long-ass touchdowns. I mean, how freaking great is it to have Tyreek Hill on our team, on the Miami Dolphins? I mean, man, listen, speaking of Tyreek Hill, we're going right to him. I got three clips for you guys here um, that I want to share from his post game. This guy is awesome, man. This guy is really awesome. I love the fact that we have a guy like this on our team, man. It, it feels good. I mean, we haven't had a guy like this in, shoot, I mean, when? Can somebody, can somebody help me with that? 
because I, I can't recall of any. So Tyreek Hill was asked, the first question I want to share with you guys, he was asked, um, when he saw no safety before that 60-yard touchdown, when he saw no safety help, just one-on-one, what did he think when he saw that? And this was his answer. I'm cheesing already. <laughs> Immediately cheesing, man. You know, and I, and I did my thing to tour. Yee! And he know when I do that yee-yee, just throw it no matter what, man. I'm going to make a play for you. You know, so he already know, you know, um, that's, that's kind of the chemistry that me and him built, you know, during this offseason. You know, just, you know, being able to, to like, see, you know, cover zero together. You know, because I seen it, he seen it. Really, the whole stadium seen it, you know, so. <laughs> I love that. Is it yee <laughs> Throw me the ball and I'm going to make a play for you. I mean, damn. <laughs> that is some funny stuff, man. I, I could just imagine, you know, his eyes light up and him doing that. Basically saying, like, yo, there is no safety help over here to a give me the damn ball and I got you. And credit to Tua, credit to Tyreek Hill for getting open, picking apart that defense. And listen, like I said earlier, credit to Tua for getting that ball there. You can be open. You can be open. And people can overthrow. People can underthrow. Everyone talks shit about Tua's arm, this and that. Tua freaking delivered. Where's people talking about the arm? I see a lot of highlights about, you know, Tua's performance. I see a lot of highlights about Tyreek Hill's performance. So... Are we only talking about when the arm shows an underthrow? Yo, let's give credit to his arm, man. Left arm of God. (laughs) Next thing I want to say, Tyreek Hill was asked, how did you come back with cramps and deliver two touchdowns? Because, hey, they told him, usually people in this league, they get a cramp and they sit out, which is true. A lot of times people, you see, hey, you know, I don't want to get injured further. Why did you come back, though, Tyreek Hill, with those cramps? And here was his answer to that. Just my mindset, dog. Like, I just feel like everything I've been through in my life, dog, you know, I just, like, my grandparents always, you know, raised me not to be a quitter, you know. And that's something that, and that's always been my message, you know, to this team, you know, even my kids. You know, no matter what you do, you make sure you go out fighting. You make sure you go out swinging, you know, because... Like, I know at the end of the day, I got a group of guys, you know, behind me who's doing the same thing. And as you've seen, we came out victorious today. And that's, my, that's always going to be my mindset. I don't care if the score 42-0 going into the second half. I'm going to still be out there fighting, you know, because that's what this team paid me to come here to do. You know, lead by example. Because if I quit, the whole team quit. You know, so that's, a, that's just my mindset. God damn. I mean, what damn better answer do you want to hear? The player that you traded all these picks for, the player that you paid this big amount of money for, Tyreek Hill, what better answer do you want than that? Chills, man. I get chills. Like, just leading by example, like he said, never quitting. I'm not going to quit. It doesn't matter if we're down 42-0. Like, I love that, man. I love that. And I really do believe when a player like this of his stature says things like that, like it just rubs off on the entire team. And that why, that's why it's very important to me. It's so important that he was able to come back in the game and just, hey, even if, even if we lost that game, like the fact that he was willing to put everything on the line to show and lead by example, it, it's just freaking awesome, man. Last question and answer that I want to share with you guys. They asked Tyreek Hill, what message do you think you sent to the entire league following this win? And here was Tyreek's answer to that. You know, we'll never give up, you know, um, no matter the score, no matter who, who we're playing, no matter the challenge. You know, I, I know this team here is going to give everything that, you know, that we got and we're going to do everything technique sound the way that we're practicing. Everything deliberate. There you go. Never giving up. This is the type of effort. This is the type of team that you want. This is the type of effort and team that you want to see from a Dolphins fan base perspective. Like a team that never gives up, that faces adversity, that overcomes adversity, that just plays all gas, no breaks until the very end. Listen, how many teams can you tell me? Like a lot of teams in the NFL, you're down 35 14. In the fourth, you give up. Like the game's over, right? Yo, this guy, man, Tyreek Hill, this coach. This right here, tides are changing, man. It really is right before our eyes. Like, we're getting to know a very different Dolphins team that we have, we've been used to seeing. This is the team that's going to take the hits in the mouth and just keep getting back up, getting back up, and never giving up to that clock hit zero. That's very, very inspiring stuff by this team and by the leaders of this team, you know, and Tyreek Hill and Coach Mike McDaniel. But now, hey, 
On to Buffalo. Buffalo is coming here to Hard Rock Stadium. We're 2-0. What a chance to beat a team that has owned us for so many games in a row. Josh Allen running is a problem. That's a concern to me. Uh, Stephon Diggs, I think Xavier Howard will have that man on, I wouldn't say lock because Stephon Diggs is so talented, but I think Xavier Howard is going to be ready for that matchup against Diggs. Obviously, Gabriel Davis can still kill you. McKenzie can still kill you. And obviously, they have a rushing attack with Zach Moss. They got Singletary. They got James Cook. So they got different running backs that they can throw out. But most importantly, if you ask me what's concerning to me, it's Josh Allen and his running ability. Like, that is the one thing that concerns me the most for this matchup. Gotta assume, after giving up 119 yards to Lamar Jackson rushing, that this defense is going to have a long week of practice and going to be ready for Josh Allen. But even if you are ready against a quarterback like that, he still gets off yards. But if you can limit that, if you can contain that, if you can just give up, you know, this guy runs a lot. So let's say give up under 50, you know, like... Give up under 50 if that's possible. That would be nice. I think it will open up an opportunity for us to go out there and get a win. I really do believe that. So I think that's the main key. Try to limit Josh Allen, not let him get going running the football. If he starts running the football and doing all these things, get in the confidence. It's just going to open up everything, and this can be a shit show like we've seen before. And we do not want to see that happen. So that's one thing that concerns me. Um, also Gabriel Davis, like, like I said, I mean, Xavier Howard, we're, we're no, no Byron Jones. Okay. So Xavier Howard, assuming he's going to be on Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis is going to have opportunities and we got to be ready for that. Another thing, Dawson Knox, that's a guy who has killed Miami in the past and following what I just saw, the way we just defended the tight ends and Mark Andrews, that's also concerning me. But I really do think the Dolphins defense is going to be ready for all these things. I think this is like the Dolphins have earned myself and this fan base to be confident that they can go out there and beat Buffalo. Remember, going into Buffalo is tough as is. It's going to be hard to win there when we're, when we're over there. The fact that we're at home now, this is the chance to get Buffalo. This is our opportunity to finally beat Buffalo. This is our chance to show this entire league. Yo, we go out there and win. <laughs> if we go out there and win on Sunday, and start the season 3-0 and take down the Bills, everyone, everyone is going to be talking about the Miami Dolphins more than they already have. And how exciting would that be? Listen, this is your opportunity, okay? Your quarterback has all the confidence in the world. The team has all the confidence in the world. And you're at home now. You're at home for this game. Behind this amazing fan base that's going to show out, I guarantee you that. There's going to be a lot of Buffalo fans in attendance, so anyone going to the Dolphins game, please show up, be loud, do not let those guys even get anything going, and make sure to kick them out just like we did to the New England Patriot fans in week one. Uh, things on offense that I would like to see against Buffalo, though. Listen, Tyreek Hill's a given. He's going to get his no matter what. I don't care who's guarding him. Jalen Waddle has shown now that he can be a guy that you can still trust, a guy that you can still give him over 10 targets a game. My keys to the game, I think the running game has to continue to be there. Like, let's try to get that going early. I love what I saw from Raheem Mostert. I'm going back to Raheem Mostert for game three here. I'd rather have Chase Edmonds as a pass catching back, have him have a couple runs here and there just like he did on Sunday. But I want Raheem Mostert to be the guy getting the bulk of the carries. I just love what he can do. He's really fast. He's really shifty. And I just think he's an overall better runner than Chase Edmonds. So that's one of my guys that I'm keeping a close eye on and I would like to see. I think that's a very, very big key to the game. Get the run game going. Open up plays down the field. Play action will then be set up. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle can have no pressure if you can get that run game going. And by that run game going, I'm going with my guy Mostert. I would love to see him get, hey, if we can get that man 15 carries, I mean, hey, why not? I mean, he averaged 4.6 uh, yards per carry against the Baltimore Ravens, finishing with 51 yards and 11 carries. I want to see more of that. Get that man 15 carries. Chase Edmonds with five carries, I think that's very doable that we can keep going with that. Uh, Mike Gesicki, can he double up and have another big game? 41 yards and a touchdown. That would be big time for this offense. Uh, he has had some success against Buffalo here and there. Uh, last year, uh, making an unbelievable catch against the Bills. Can Gesicki get going? That's something I'm looking forward to. I think Tyreek Hill is going to hold his own. And then Tua, 
Tua and the offensive line. Remember last time we played the Buffalo Bills at home, Tua didn't really get to play because Jesse Davis missed his damn assignment and got Tua laid the hell out to where Tua then had those fractured ribs, cracked ribs, and was out for weeks and weeks and weeks. We don't want to see that. Offensive line is key. Please watch out for that pass rushing attack from Buffalo. Keep Tua upright. Let's not have our quarterback get injured. Please, please, please. So keys to the game. Getting the run game going. Offensive line, protecting Tua. This pass rush is going to be hungry to attack Tua and put pressure on Tua, no doubt about it. And then three is quarterback Tua being Tua. If all those things go where you got the running game going, you got the offensive line going, I truly believe that's when you see the best Tua and you see that confident Tua. I want this confidence to rub off on week three. And I think it will, man. I really do. I mean, this confident Tua is a good, good Tua to see. And I think we're going to get that Sunday. So for my predictions to this game, with all that being said, I'm showing you the keys to the game. I'm telling you what I'm concerned about. It's going to be a tough-ass game. It's going to be a hard game. It's going to be a division rival game. It's probably going to be the most watched game on Sunday. This is huge, man. And we get the opportunity at home. This is what players want. This is what these players want. These players want Buffalo. These players want to be Buffalo. You, you, don't think, you think Tyreek Hill isn't freaking excited about this game? You think Tua doesn't know all those losses about Buffalo? You think Mike McDaniel isn't basically trying to show like, hey, listen, Flores can't beat the damn Bills, but I can. Yo, this team has a chip on their shoulder. And best believe, I think they're going to carry that Sunday at home at Hard Rock Stadium against the Buffalo Bills. So for my prediction, I know when I did my predictions earlier in the season, I said something otherwise, but I am changing that. I, like, I can't sit here and act like Dolphins are going to lose. Nah. From what I just saw this past Sunday, I'm riding that high. 2-0 Dolphins team. The reason I say my prediction is it has to do with this game being at home. If this game was in Buffalo, I might lean the other way. But the fact that this game is at home, this is your opportunity, best opportunity to beat the Buffalo Bills. Give me the Miami Dolphins. Winning this game, it's going to be a close one, man. It's going to be a playoff type of feel, playoff atmosphere. These two teams are going to get after it. These two teams do not like each other. It's going to be a punch them in the mouth type of football game. I think we're in for a good one. And right here on this podcast, on the Miami Sports Vibes podcast, Prediction for week three, Miami Dolphins versus Bills. It is the Miami Dolphins, 28, the Buffalo Bills, 24. Dolphins win 28-24 at home, week three, in our house. Let's see if that could be true. Because, man, could you just imagine? Can you imagine being 3-0 and to start the year and then taking down Buffalo? Hey. It's possible. It is damn possible. I don't think I'm out of my mind whatsoever. That's my prediction. Let's see if it happens. Let's keep this thing going. Yo, let's get to 3-0, and Dolphin fans. Let's get to 3-0. and Last thing before I sign off, I want to just say, in Coach Mike McDaniel, I trust. All right, so shifting things on over to the segment for week three, and that is... NFL predictions. All right, so what a week two it was in the NFL season. And let's just say that we had a good day when it comes to the straight picks. I finished off 10 and 6 with the straight picks, which I told you guys I was going to have a better week than I did the week before. That bounces that straight record to 19, 12, and obviously the one tie in there. So 19-12-1, but against the spread, listen, it was a rough, rough week for me. I went 6-10 and 10 against the spread, bringing that record to 15-17. and 17. But hey, listen, I gave you guys two plays. I gave you guys the Colts, minus 4.5. That obviously was a shit show. So Jacksonville lost me money there by beating the Colts. But I told you guys, my favorite bet was that lock, was that two-leg parlay between the Buffalo Bills to win and the Kansas City Chiefs to win. Both of those things happened, so congratulations. There's another parlay that hits right here on this podcast. Hey, free plays, that's free money, man. 
you know I got you hooked up. But listen, that against the spread record has to be better, and it will be better. And hopefully that starts off with week three because, hey, we got a good slate of games coming up. But let's get right into it. Let's shift things on over to week three. So obviously we're getting things started with Thursday night football. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers going against the Cleveland Browns. This game is in Cleveland. Cleveland coming off that crazy loss to the New York Jets. I like Cleveland here. Pittsburgh also lost to the New England Patriots, so both teams coming off a loss. Division game, this game is going to be hungry. But give me the Browns. Browns are favored by five points. I am also laying the five points. I like the Browns here. I think they are the better team, even though they didn't show that this past Sunday. Give me the Browns and give me the Browns minus five. Next game on the board, yours truly, Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills. This game is in Miami. Give me the Miami Dolphins like I stated, and give me the Miami Dolphins getting four and a half points. Buffalo favored by four and a half in Miami. Hey, if we lose this game, we losing this game by three. Give me the Dolphins and give me the Dolphins plus four and a half. Next game on the board, the Houston Texans taking on the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Chicago's favored by two and a half points. I am rolling with the Houston Texans, believe it or not. And I am also rolling with the Houston Texans plus two and a half. Next game. The Las Vegas Raiders, who are 0-2. How about that? Who would have thought that, right? This team put together, you know, with Devontae Adams now, you, you would think they wouldn't be 0-2, right? I mean, losing a heartbreaker. They're going against the Tennessee Titans. I don't think Tennessee is that good. This game is in Tennessee. Las Vegas is favored by one point and one point only, which I think it is shocking to me. But I am going to go ahead and take the Las Vegas Raiders, and I will be laying the one point as well. Next game, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts suck, man. <laughs> like, they freaking suck. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are favored by six and a half points. I am going to go ahead and roll with the Kansas City Chiefs here on the money line, as well as laying the six and a half points here. Next on the board, the Minnesota Vikings are at home taking on the Detroit Lions. All right, so... Minnesota's favored by seven points. That is a big, big number. And this Detroit Lions team plays hard. So I'm going to be taking the Vikings here. But I am going to take Detroit getting seven points. I love that spot for them here. I think that's a big opportunity for the Lions. They could probably even win the game. Uh, but I'm going to roll with the Vikings, but take the Detroit Lions getting seven points. Next on the board, the Baltimore Ravens taking on the New England Patriots. This game is in New England. Baltimore's favored by three points. I'm going to go ahead and take the Baltimore Ravens to win and also lay the three points for the Baltimore Ravens. Next on the board, the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the New York Jets who are coming off a win. Remember last year, the Jets beat the Bengals and messed up a lot of suicide pools. So this team knows that they can beat the Bengals. They have the confidence that they can beat the Bengals because they did it before. Zach Taylor, I don't think, is a good coach at all. That team is 0-2. They're desperate for the win. I think they get it done here. They need it. They need it. I think they get it done at MetLife Stadium. But four and a half, they're favored by four and a half. I'm sorry. I think this is a close game. I think the Jets are going to play very competitive football here. I think they're going to lose by probably three points. They might even win the game. So give me the Jets getting four and a half, but give me the Bengals straight up. Next, the Philadelphia Eagles going on the road to take on the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz revenge game. Carson Wentz revenge game I said Philly's favored by four points I'm gonna go ahead and take the Eagles here but I'm taking the Washington commanders to keep it close I am taking Washington getting four points plus four for Washington and Carson Wentz next the New Orleans Saints going on the road to take on the Carolina Panthers the Saints are favored by three points here I'm gonna go ahead and take the Saints as well as lay the three Next game on the board, the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Will Herbert be playing that game? I guess we'll see. Nonetheless, the Jaguars are playing really competitive football. I love what I saw from them. Chargers are still a better team no matter what. So I'm going to take the Chargers. They are favored by seven points. I'm going to take Jacksonville getting seven points there, though. Next, the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Arizona coming off a big win. Rams are favored by four points. I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams and also take the Rams laying four points. Next, the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Seahawks in Seattle. 
Seahawks favored by two points. I'm going to go ahead and take that. Give me the Seahawks to win and give me the Seahawks laying the two points, no doubt. Next, the Green Bay Packers taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is favored by two and a half points. Give me the Bucs and give me the Bucs laying the two and a half. I think they're a way better football team than Green Bay, even though, you know, people say all this stuff about Brady. Uh, come on, man. Give me the Bucs all damn day. Don't like what I saw from Green Bay, even though they did beat Chicago. I think there's a huge drop off from a talent standpoint there. Um, next, the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Denver Broncos. How about the Broncos, man? I mean, they're barely winning games. Obviously, they just won in the way. They should have lost. I mean, you know, in that week one against Seattle, they're one and one. That offense does not look good. And that's an offense with Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, Corlin Sutton. And man, Denver just doesn't look that good. But best believe, I do think on Sunday Night Football, they're going to turn it up here a notch. I got the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson himself. This is a even split, so nobody is a favorite here. So I will be laying whatever points Denver's laying. I'm on the Denver side of this, okay? Last one, Monday Night Football, the New York Football Giants, who are 2-0 with Coach Brian Dable. These fans are excited here in New Jersey. They're excited that they're seeing a competitive New York Giants football team. They're taking on their division rival, Dallas Cowboys. This is in MetLife Stadium, so the Giants are home. They're also favored by 2.5 points. I am taking the New York Football Giants, and I am taking the New York Football Giants laying the 2.5 points. And those are my Week 3. NFL predictions. Now, for best bets, the ones I like the most, there's a lot of them I like. I do like the Miami Dolphins getting four and a half. Like I said, I truly believe if the Dolphins don't win this game, I think they only lose it by three. I really, really do. That is a bet that I like, but my favorite bet has to be, has to be the Las Vegas Raiders minus one. I mean, listen, the Raiders are better than the Titans. I know the Titans are home. But the Raiders are 0-2. This division has no room for you to start off 0-3. Absolutely not. I think we're going to see a very, very, very hungry Las Vegas Raiders team. So I'm going to be taking that bet straight up. That is my favorite play of the week. That's the one I want to throw out here for you guys. Las Vegas minus one. And the second one that I'm willing to share here for you guys is, believe it or not, believe it or not, it is. The New York Giants laying the two and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, this number is not at three. If it goes to three, I'm a little bit scared, okay? Because I think this game could be a three-point win for the Giants. But you're laying two and a half points. You're at home against Dallas. Dallas has their backup quarterback. I know he played okay in Cooper Rush. This game is in MetLife Stadium. I don't think the Giants are going to lose this game. And if they win this game, it most likely is going to be either by three or by more, but most likely by three. So it's two and a half right now. Give me the Giants minus two and a half. I will be taking that bet. And I will also be taking this third bet. And that is Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Like same reason, like I said, listen, Tampa Bay is at home. I think they're better than the Packers. I think they win by three or more. Give me Tampa Bay minus two and a half. So those are my three plays that I think that are definitely going to hit. Those are ones that I'm taking all straight up. I'm not parlaying those. So it's Las Vegas minus one. It's Tampa Bay minus two and a half, and it's the New York Football Giants minus two and a half as well. That Dolphin one is intriguing. I have not placed that one yet, but I'm strongly thinking about it. Miami getting four and a half against Buffalo at home. I don't know if I should stay away because I am a Dolphins fan, but I am highly considering it. But I have not placed that one yet, so I don't want to share, but definitely keep an eye on it. Um, but those other three are the ones that I'm sharing for you guys, and I think they will hit. So. Fade or follow, choice is yours, and let's see how this week goes. All right, so that's a wrap. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for making me a part of your day like you guys always do. I appreciate the hell out of the support. I appreciate you Dolphin fans that have been cr going crazy on social media. I see the vibes, I see the energy, and I love to freaking see it all over Twitter, all over Facebook. Let's keep those good vibes going, though, right? Big game this weekend. Can the Dolphins go 3-0? I believe they can. Let's see. If it happens or if it doesn't, best believe I'm going to be with you guys next week talking all about that and then previewing week four. You know the vibes here on the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, 
Thank you so much for coming here today. And thank you for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz. Thank you.